All hail the new flesh. Hey there, everyone. Trash Ass Street. Woo! <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Jamie Z. Lou Sessa. Trash South Street. Yeah. What's going on? What's new? What's well, shaking? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, plenty. Well, the big one, the thing, the first thing we should talk about. Ooh, Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. So, of course, Eddie Van Halen died. I'll have to put a pin in that for off air. Oh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why? I said off air. All right. Um, Chuck, you continue to talk about Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts? So it's really weird because he's... I'm, I'm not the biggest Van Halen fan, to be honest with you. I, I thought it was okay. Favorite song is... Hot for Teacher. Yep, Hot for Teacher. There you go. He was such a big part of the 80s. Like, he's probably arguably the one of the biggest stars of the 80s. No, I totally agree, and... You know, I, I would have loved to see Van Halen live. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one band I kind of wanted. I'm not a big Van Halen fan. I don't yeah. never disliked them. I mm-hmm. never hated them. But, yeah, that what was their one? 1984? What was their big, um, Jump? Oh, um. I forget the name of the album. I had, like, Panama on and probably Hot for Tea. It was, like, yeah. the one with the angels on it. Yeah, smoking I can't cigarettes. think, yeah. I mean, that was, like, the biggest album ever when we were kids. But, and Eddie Van Halen, like, made every kid want to, like, learn how to play an act. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, but, I have a lot of respect for him. Because yeah. when you think of great guitarists, like, he has to probably be in the top ten, I would say. Eleven, actually, it's sad. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was a bummer. I forgot he was, like, fighting with cancer a lot. I, well, yeah, and I guess... Not that he was like, I'm throwing punches. Because he was married to Valerie Bertinelli, right? Yeah, yeah. And she has a cooking show on Food Network. So every now and then, I'm like, I forgot they were married. I didn't know that, actually, until I read that Mackenzie Phillips book. Okay. Because I think they, she talks about them just taking turns going to the bathroom. Valerie and Eddie stuff. doing coke. Yeah, yeah. Or she said like Valerie kept going in and like, or or maybe it was Eddie kept going in to do coke. Is it? And Valerie's getting really fucking pissed off because I don't think Valerie was really a drug. Nah, I don't think she was much of a druggie, and I think that's kind of what split him up. Like mm-hmm. he was sober for a while, then he like got sick, and then he started doing dr- like relapsed, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like he had a, a problem yeah. with it. And it, but it sucked, right. you know. So the weird thing to me though is I'm thinking about it, and he's probably I'm trying to think how to term this. Maybe the the most Prolific? iconic. He's weird because he's, he's he's iconic. He's theoretically in the level of it promises like the Beatles or the Stones or yeah. A, but I don't think that Van Halen gets that. No, juice I don't for, think so either. Which is kind of a shame. If if, if how old was he? Early sixty four, I think. Yeah. If this would have been like two thousand, it would have been a much bigger story. But kind of like rock and roll has fallen up. Like, mm-hmm. wayward, in my opinion, too. Mm-hmm. So Most of the people who are still alive, who will probably have a lot of... Will make a... Ve- like, when they die, will be a very big cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Are from the late 70s at the latest. So, like... Yeah. Like, when Blondie dies, that's going to be, you know, a shocker. I guess. Like, I'm not being mean or anything. <laughs> no, I think... Oh, maybe, I think, maybe to us, but I don't know about someone who's funny. I think literally every... Female performer. Well, yes. And, a lot of that. and that's what it, because... Okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that is sort of like, I mean, to... Tina Turner, something like Tina that. Tina Turner. Um, Annie Lennox or something like that. Do we have any more of those people? I don't know. I mean, I guess we sort of did in that... Maybe there's like a 20-year gap, because when Kurt Cobain died... Yeah, but he was like in the prime of his... Yeah. Pretty much the prime of his career, and he's still pretty young. But for someone like... To die and have a cultural impact, the 80s are the cutoff, maybe? I guess. Well, you gotta, well, you gotta think, like, even, like, Slash. Mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses is still, they were gonna tour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Van Halen wasn't touring for as much as I know. Tom Petty was still touring. Like, yeah. I just think he was, like, Van Halen was just kind of out of the eye, public eye for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's probably a large part of it. Which makes some sense. But it sucked. You know, I always, I, as I said, I liked Eddie Van Halen, but, mm-hmm. like, I never really had super amount of like opinions on them but i feel like they invented the concept of 80s hot yeah i, guess I was watching some videos the other day and yeah it's all there's a very specific archetype of mm-hmm. the 80s it'd be like it's like steven tyler would be better but steven tyler kind of like was on the void like he was on a bunch of different yeah. things i don't know of people who are still alive who will probably potentially like have an effect i'm sure iggy pop 
Yeah, like if Dave Grohl died, Dave Grohl, it'd be a, it would be a, a very big deal. Last rock star, probably. Yeah, but anyway, that, it was more weird than anything. You know, I, I want to go back and listen to some more Van Halen. Because Van Halen's like, I don't want to say underrated. They were very overrated for a long, long while. And they fell off like once they were done. Yeah. And maybe that was because, Maybe you know, it was the clear Pepsi. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> well, that was Sammy Hagar. Uh, but. Sharona, Gary Sharon, or whatever yeah. the fuck. But anyway, that's our our death break. Yeah. So what else is new? Democracy dying. <laughs> uh, for me, you know, nothing like stuff we'll talk about in the movie segment. Um, cool. Yeah, mine's just been school and more school. Yeah, school, more school. On everybody's end, my end, Victor's end, my school district yeah. is going full bore. It was either virtual or in person, uh-huh. so we had to make a decision within like a week. Yeah. So we decided to do in person. Oh, really? We decided uh-huh. that because um, they we were going to send them back when virtual learning ends, mm-hmm. which would have been February, beginning of mm-hmm. February, and that'd be almost a full year that Victor has not been in school. Ah. So you know, I know it's scary either way, you know, mm-hmm. but. Oh, I thought of something else. What? That is scary though. Yeah. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you yeah. don't. Like he has a bit of a like he has some problem with with some letters, some speech, mm-hmm. and I think it's just setting him further back. And yeah. then like, let's say he regain he we sent him to come back in February. Then he's got to like kind of fit into everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know. No, I got you. It's a rough one. At least like a lot of the cleaning procedures are in place. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like in a pod type atmosphere where like the teachers mm-hmm. come in, they don't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really quick before I hit my point, see like Wisconsin is like the worst state in the union for COVID right now. Like it's, I did hear that. I forget why, but, um, it's because they were, they super blew off a lot of the controls. The further you go away from water, I guess from salt water, maybe the worse the epidemic gets. And they say like Wisconsin's the worst state, but anyway, mm-hmm. take up. I went to the so, gym today Ooh. for the first time since March. Yeah. How was that? It wasn't too bad. You had to actually get your temperature taken. Before you went mm-hmm. to the gym, you had a one way in, one way out. You had to wear a mask. You did not have to wear a mask in the gym itself. Uh, the ellipticals were like every other, so you mm-hmm. were more than six feet apart. I had my mask off because the next person pretty far away. Yeah. But it still bothered me. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what if, what if? But it, it wasn't too bad. I thought they took some really good precautions. It's mm-hmm. crazy, though, because I would have never thought about this shit. Uh-huh. Like... Because then I was talking to a guy I haven't seen in a while, one of my, like, Saturday morning buddies I would talk to, and mm-hmm. he was probably about 12 feet away, and mm-hmm. we both didn't have masks on, and we were talking, and then I'm just thinking, like, what if he has it and he doesn't? Mm-hmm. I, and it, it just sucks thinking yeah. that, but it's going to be yeah. the way it is. Mm-hmm. So so after great personal adversity mm-hmm. and and fighting the very winds of fate, yes. I was able to pre-order an Xbox. Oh, cool, cool. Well, before the mics went on about it, you know, trying to do this assignment and yes. all sorts. So the thing with the Xbox clusterfuck was sites across the board were overloaded. Target actually advertised the wrong time for the pre-sale start. Oh, God. And I went directly to Xbox. You would put something in your virtual cart, and then when you go to check out, it would no longer be there. Oh wow! Well. And it was just everything was Katie Wampus for a lot of people. And arguably someone who is not currently employed should not be buying a next-gen system, but what you're going to do. It was literally the winds of fate. Like, if you if you happen cool to get to check out and you had it, you were good. But, I mean, that was like 45 minutes. Wow. Mark ordered the Neo uh, Turbo 16 graphics oh, little nice. thing, so yeah. they were playing that when I they left. They were playing Bonk? They were playing Bonk. There was some, like, Japanese... Um, like Castlevania type game? Oh, really? It was all like the Japanese games, and then it was the American games. Mm-hmm. I only remembered like two. I didn't have Turbo 16 graphics because it was fancy. I didn't either. I remember Bonk's Adventure because I felt like that was their attempt at yeah. like Sonic. And then um, R Type, maybe? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I recognized that game and another game that they were playing, and I forgot what it do was. Do you remember the Neo Geo? I do. He has that too. Uh, like a tiny Neo yeah. Geo? Yeah. Do you remember they cost like. Thousand dollars, a thousand, which was you know, and insane. Back in it was like six hundred bucks. I don't know if it was a thousand, but it, it, might have a, been. it was six hundred because I remember it was in Babbage's. Yes, and the and one, everyone was like, "I want that." And yeah, and the one guy I heard like the one guy was talking to the salesman. He's like, "Yeah, we sell like one a week." Wow, I which seems like that. even that's like an insane yeah. amount. Yeah, yeah six hundred in what the late eighties is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a lot now. Yeah. I mean, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I don't know. Neo Geo, Babbage's. 
electronics boutique. Well, Babbage has like started in Westchester, more or less. Yeah. The more you did know. It. Well, that's where the um. Their warehouse was there. The GameStop. And I think GameStop bought Babbage's and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm so their, sure they did. Their warehouse is in Westchester, and when I used to... I applied there. To order, work. Did you? Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Yeah. How'd that work out? I didn't get the Obviously, job. Obviously, you didn't <laughs> um, But no, I, like, I'd order games from wherever, from GameStop, mm-hmm. back when I used to do physical media. And it was funny. You could literally watch it, track the package from Westchester to Kentucky. Ugh. And then back to like Westchester because it's however their hub works. Stupid. And I was like, I literally could drive there. I know. That's enough boring talk. So a lot of new shit has been out. I actually have, I have shit that I've not listened to yet. Me too. Like, and I have such a backlog, it's insane. The new Mets came out. Yeah. Um, I just got that in the mail. What? Oh, new Touche Amore. I haven't received it, but Mm -hmm. I think I can download it now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. There's just been a boatload of shit. I got um. I got cherry pickles today. Okay, I saw it sitting in your yeah, kitchen. Yeah, like literally like two hours ago. Um, ah. Well, I'm sure it came before. I got it in my hand two hours ago. And like I have a list, like I have a full subfolder on my computer that's just all stuff I want to go back and listen to. I know, it's just like, a, and I don't have the time like I used to. I don't either, and I also have like, I mean I have stuff I got like a week ago that I have not removed from shrink wrap yet. Well, it's like All Them Witches. We st- I listened to it like once. I was about to say, I was... We've been I, wanting to both do I that. I almost made, maybe with like... Maybe next time. So I think... This is what I think. Oh, we also said, you know, there's, there ain't no topic this time. I'll, I'll tear that band-aid off. Um, I try to think of something, and then I, I was, well, it was so, going to be the same old Halloween drivel. Not well, dribble, so regardless of when it comes out, we'll almost definitely record at least one other podcast in October. Mm-hmm. That'll be the Spooky Ween podcast. Yeah. We'll do some spooky theme things like All Them Witches. Now witches. it's just Touch a Ween. Touch a Ween, yeah. So how's that work? You figured that out yet? Tatooine? Oh, no, Halloween, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. I saw a um, Facebook message from uh, a development that's like more or less my mm-hmm. development. And everyone's like, well, are we having Halloween? So I think what we're going to do, we have a long-ass driveway. Mm-hmm. We're going to set up a table, and I'm just going to like make these little bags of like yeah. a bunch of candies and just put like a bunch out at a time and kind of stand back and just the kids yeah. can grab them off the table. Mm-hmm. You know, so they don't have to go in the house or whatever. So yeah. I don't know what, what anyone's doing. Mm. Uh, Victor did get his Halloween costume. Oh, what's he going as? He's going as Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that doesn't seem surprising. <laughs> Let's talk about some music. Sure. Um, I will start with, because this one's a quick one. I kind of talked about it, I think, last time we recorded. The band 430 Steps. Yes. Um, I am friends with, I believe, the bassist on Instagram. He posted that, uh, he's like, I wish we were touring and blah, blah, blah. And like, we have a bunch of albums still left mm-hmm. over. So I ordered one because yeah. I listened to like some of their stuff before. And that's like this crossover thrash stuff. And it's really good. So he sent it to me with, uh, I don't, he didn't, someone else sent it to me, I guess in the band, mm-hmm. but it, they gave me like a free hat, a koozie, all, all this yeah. swag. It was really cool. And then I listened to it and it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. called Citizens of Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what uh, label it came off of. But uh, I should have probably written that down. It might even be self-released, but I don't think it is. Mm. But it came out in March. It came out, like, right before the pandemic, so, like, they were really trying to tour. I think they did come through last year or earlier in the year. Their Allentown is a little too far away for me to travel. They're a four-piece out of Orlando, Florida, mm. and they started in 2016. I believe um, the band before them, a couple of the people are in it. I think Carlos was in it, the, the guy that I follow. They were in a band called Space Brain. But anyway, they're like fun, fast, crossover uh, thrash punk. Kind of has a little bit of everything in it. Metal, punk, thrash, I said hardcore, skate rock. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's like a really quick album. I like the idea. It is really quick. It starts out with motivation games and a fun, fast, thrashy punk. Next song, Until the Day. Straight up punk with like this cool head bop and breakdown. Like all these songs, I box to it. Like it just has, it's a lot of energy. It's really fun. Um, Serial Killer is, uh, I think, the next song. It almost has like the suicidal tendencies vibe to it. I almost feel like I would hear it if I was playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. And it has some really cool metal guitars going through it. Uh, skate Ghost Town. It's awesome. Probably That's my, my favorite, favorite song on the album. Yeah. yeah, I love it. You like want to grab a skateboard yeah. and ski. I like his vocals. Or he'll be like kind of screaming. Yeah, it'll be talking. Like, it's just cool. Um, it's really catchy as fuck. And it's, I, lo- I like like thrashy skate punk. DRI. Like that crossover. Um, Citizen of Nothing's really cool. Almost has like a new metalish yeah. uh, vibe too. 
It's a little slower. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It just works for the album. Really, really cool. Uh, Step Away. Again, fun, catchy, thrash, skate punk. I'm going to kill this because I don't speak Spanish. Uh, Coronaca de uno piaso. And it's done all in Spanish. And it has like a little bit of a Madball feel, probably because uh, Freddie from Madball is part Cuban and mm-hmm. they yeah. sing some songs in Spanish. But cool, cool song. And Wasting Time, more like just in-your-face thrashy mm-hmm. punk. I love it. As I said, I love working it out to it. It has a ton of energy. It's like crossover thrash punk done well. They're not reinventing the wheel, but they do a really well, really good job with it. As I said, that Skate Ghost Town, once I heard that song, I was like, oh, I'm into this. I would love to see, love to see them live one yeah. day, whenever people start touring again next yeah. year, maybe. But they have a really fun, great sound, and I just think it's a really fun release. Yeah, I liked I, it. I really liked I it. I tried to find if they had a label. That's what I was doing when you were talking. I okay. Like, I couldn't find anything. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it see it listed, but that's mm-hmm. it. So yeah, uh, 430 Steps, they're awesome. If you like that genre, pick this up. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You'll really, really like it. It is good, 430 Steps. Did you steps. ever say where they get the name from? No, I never really looked it up. No. I have no idea. Maybe, um, I don't know. Mm. Not sure. I can't even think of something. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But yeah, check them out if that's if you're into that. Yeah, definitely um, check it out. What do you have? The OCs. Mm-hmm. What could the OCs say that ha- they haven't said before? Turns out quite a lot. <laughs> so this is Protean Threat. This is their 23rd album. This came out September 18th off Castle Face Records. I saw they had like releases in October and November already up. Yeah, and they have camp. one. They have another like, uh, LP. I want to say it's called Neon Panther coming out in, in December. It's fucking <laughs> nuts. I like this though. It was good. I didn't. So the what you sent me, I only played. It had three songs listed. Yeah, but well, it's, it's, so, I'm sure I can get the gist from it, and I, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I I really like this album. I am almost at a loss of how to describe it. So imagine you took the OC's catalog for the last ten years, and you distilled it, and you took all the stuff that was a song out, and then you threw that away and put this the rest out as an album. It's protean threat. It is very protean. It's like if people went around in in unmarked vans, kidnapped the members of Devo, and made them perform on stage at gunpoint, and before pushing them onto that stage, injected them with pharmaceutical grade amphetamine. That is what it's like. It is frantic. It's insane. It's very Basic. hard to pin down. It opens with scramble suit too. Which is, yeah, it's this very... Basic's like a wrong term, sorry, but like, it, this is, to me, it's just um, them kind of just stripped down to just pure energy and like... I mean, yeah, it is. You cannot catch your breath on this album. It reminds me of... So this was a descriptor someone gave to The Fragile years ago, so, you know, the third nine album albums, The Fragile. I loaned it to someone, and he described it as a lot of music, but few songs. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel this way too, because there are songs there, it's hard to identify the songs by name. There's, like I said, an insane frantic energy. It's almost like they can't play fast enough at times. Uh, Scramble Suit 2, I think that comes from Scanner Darkly. Oh, okay. In the beginning, like, they're just wailing on the drums. This crazy guitar, and it's it's crazy. It's insane. It's all over the place. To highlight a couple of songs, there's a song called Said the Shovel, which I think is about, it's sort of a little more traditional, and I think it's about a gravedigger. If I Have My Way is probably my favorite song of the album. Very funky. I really... Other than I really like this album, I'm kind of at a loss to describe it. Like I said, it's super... It's downright hallucinogenic at times. I don't quite know what to think. But I like it. I like it a lot. I think some of the stuff they put out... At least one of them is an outtake from this album. Okay. It's, it's like some unreleased stuff. And like I said, I think they have another LP coming out in December. Well, it, to me, like, their last few albums, there's been songs that are, like, 20 minutes long. Yeah. And it goes to from 20 minutes to no songs more than, I think, three in yeah. this, this I album. was very surprised, by the way. Yeah, I noticed that. That, yeah, that all the songs were pretty short. I mean, yeah. you know, they like to reinvent themselves. I don't think they're going to they're gonna get any crossover uh, fans. Yeah. No, I, I... But no, I liked it a lot. It's... I like how they just keep changing and go like it's just yeah. interesting to see where they go well this would be their first album as o s e e s oc's i know i was like oh they changed their name okay. like again it's amazing yeah there's not a lot not a lot to work with but they keep changing it. i know they keep doing it so i like it yeah like i, I said, liked it i i um 
am interested to hear more than the three songs. But like um, I said, uh, I mean, all the songs are pretty much like. There's one called Toadstool that's really weird. They're all really weird. That's the other thing I can't even describe. There's a lot of a lot of themes of of violence in the future. There's a song about like a fucking. They talk about a wizard. I think it's called Red Study. Mm. I don't know. And they're like, yeah, we're just gonna play, and you know the. Hit record. Hit record. Let's go cut. Let's yes. go nuts. But no, really good. Really liked it. That's cool. Um, I guess I will go with Change. Mm-hmm. Closer Still came out September 11th, I think. And they were out of Vancouver and Seattle. They're a four-piece. Um, they were been in a bunch of different bands. Punitive Damage, uh, Betrayed, Champion on Man Out. I think Angel Dust even. They're like... Mid forties, early forties, oh, um, yeah. and they said that when I read an interview with the lead singer, I forget his name. He was saying they were influenced by like Youth Today, Bold, Uniform Choice, Verbal Assault, and they're a straight edge vegan band. Um, I really like this band. I think it's like everything was really like fast and hard. I reviewed mm-hmm. it, reviewed it, did did this week, but they're all different in, in yeah a, a, in a way, and I really enjoyed this album a lot. I believe it. If it's off a of Death Wish, I'm not sure what where they're off of, but I know I Mark ordered it through mm-hmm. Death Death Wish. So anyway, it starts with Closer, and it's more or less like straightforward hardcore punk. One, it has like the, it has a youth crew feel. It's full of energy. The one thing, the base, the basis, um, all the bass lines are really really yeah. cool, and his bass playing really reminds me of Matt Freeman yeah. from Rancid. Well, uh, this was it started out really chuggy in a good way, and then it kind of yeah, it's very different. Song, it reminded me like not all the songs. Uh, parts of the song remind me of very early Faith No More, actually. Oh, I could see that. Because yeah. at times it was running into like, yeah, like a post-punk genre, like yeah. Quicksand or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good a good pickup. I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Reason, another really cool song, fun, sing-song, youth crew, punk, hardcore, free. How almost has this like hardcore anthem feel. Uh, Beyond's probably my favorite song about anxiety and depression. And I like his vocal style. It goes from like shouting to singing. And it has like this clash-like like ska thing going mm-hmm. in the middle is pretty cool it's just a really cool song and just different like it's not the mm-hmm. your run-of-the-mill hardcore band there's just a lot more musically going on and i know like the lyrics are supposed to be very like kind of positive and dealing mm-hmm. with you know covid times or whatever yeah. still slightly reminds me of the pissed at times that yeah. pittsburgh the one pittsburgh band that has like this melodic youth crew say, feel to it it's so uh, the band is closer still and my two favorite songs were closer and still oh um, response, that was probably one of the fastest songs, like more just straight up hardcore mm-hmm. in your face. Um, I really like Higher, the one song Higher. It's 34 seconds, and it just starts us with this, like, this guitar solo. Yeah. And it just ends up being a really cool song for 34 seconds. It's just, I, I thought it was an intro to the next song. Uh, Balance, really cool. This reminds me of a Gorilla Bits' song, which wouldn't surprise me if it was kind of based off of that. Change is the second to last song. Really, really good song, really good lyrics. A lot of hardcore... I really like the guitar work. As I said, it had like this post-punk feel to it, almost like a little Fugazi or um, quicksand. As I said, Faith No More, a really cool song. And then it ends with the, the spoken word called Death, and about how precious life is. And um, there's like ocean sounds yeah. in the background, but it's like a good viewpoint on just like how to live your life and death, whatever. But anyway, I thought this was like a great, real fun energetic positive hardcore record so i said musically there's a lot going on like between the guitars the drum mm-hmm. bass ever like everybody's really perfect like really good at what they're doing yeah. with their instrument i love the vocals it's not it's kind of as i said it's not to- it's not it might start off a little mm-hmm. chugga 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 um and then it kind of just varies like it yeah it's pretty cool they almost remind me of how i reviewed don't sleep a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago yeah if they were like harder mm-hmm. or a little yeah. faster, also reminds me of Rule Them All. I reviewed them a few like a few months ago. As I said, the bass work really reminds me of Matt Freeman. I think that they're a great band. They're not just a youth crew throwback. Mm-hmm. Throwback. They just have a lot to say. I, I just think it's definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out. It's they, there's been some really good hardcore albums that just mm-hmm. come out um, that are just not as I said run of the mill. But just a lot more going mm-hmm. on. So change, check them out. They're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This is like what I go through every day. Oh, what is it? Um, I guess other people are having problems with... Um, oh, you're... Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, the moment I've been waiting for. Under the Spell of Joy by the DVGs, the Death Valley Girls. 
uh, off Suicide Squeeze, uh, yeah. October 2nd. I had forgotten this album was coming out, and then one day it arrived, and I was very excited. Mm -hmm. Then I listened to it, and I was very puzzled. I but thoroughly I love this album, but it is not. It was very surprising. I was like, this is Death Valley Girls. Yeah. <laughs> so Death Valley Girls been around since 2014. They have, I believe, this is their third LP. I think so. Um, so Darkness Range was in 2016, right before we started this podcast. Um, they actually put out a live album in September. They want to go back and circle around. Okay, I kind of remember you saying it was coming out, and yeah, just I kind of forgot about it. it. While, as an aside, while I was like sort of doing my research off their last album, they did a video for one of their songs, and the entire video is Iggy Pop eating a hamburger. Really? Literally the entire video, and he's just like, "Ooh, it's a good hamburger." He's just him in a suit. That's funny. It's good. He does not put ketchup on his hamburger, even though there is a mm. bottle of ketchup there. So. According to Bonnie Bloom Gordon, who's the lead singer, um, this was sort of inspired by Ethiopian funk originally. Yeah. And they set out to create a, they called it a space gospel album. And I think they did. Now, now, if this was an episode of Iron Chef, you know what the secret ingredient would be? What would it be? The acid sax. Yeah. The funky saxophone. Or the Moog, whatever. Uh, oh, or the, yeah. yeah the whatever other they one had. The, I don't know the if Moog. Slash keyboard, keyboard whatever they're that playing. plays these really drony yeah. power church chords. Yeah, like if there's a unifying aesthetic to this album, those might be it. Although I can see that. Not every song has it. So opens very strongly, in my opinion, with Hypnagogia, mm -hmm. which Great kind talk. of starts out silent, building to something very like it's very ominous as it builds, and I like the chorus. The chorus is. Holy shit, that's so cool. And they say that like 20 times in a row. <laughs> and this is about the liminal space, which I believe has appeared in the last two podcasts, mm. some way, shape, or form, uh, between sleep and waking. Living in a dream and embracing that and living your truth. Mm. And that immediately goes into Hold My Hand, which is like this weird, like poppy 60s. I like it, yeah. album. It opens up under the spell of Choi, the titular track. is this bizarro... You feel like you should be circling a maypole, and then it turns into like yeah, this church revival. It get a lot of like churchy, gospely, sixties. Like yeah, so this is very going on. It's really cool. It's a very. So I describe albums sometimes as being throwback, or like I'll, I'll reference a specific genre. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I'd say an album actually felt both new and retro at the same time. I hear you. Yeah. At one point. As I was listening, some of these riffs sound like, ready? Alice Cooper band. Oh, like the band and not necessarily like the early Alice Cooper stuff, like all 18 and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just weird. And it's very... They, I didn't even think of that. That's a good... They very lightly embrace a lot of different influences without mm -hmm. like being beholden to them. And it's great. Bliss is the most retro, you know, it's about living in the moment because mm -hmm. you're going to die. Living yeah. in the moment. Um, dreams are a big theme for a lot of these. Living in the moment is a big one and sort of like psychedelic and supernatural themes. Thematically, it is very, uh, it's three bong hits away from being a sleep album. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say but, that. Like, it reminds me almost in the vein of like what's going on in Brooklyn with like Habibi Boy Toy, yeah. like all I that. I mean, a lot of that. It like, has that feel to at it. At times, like Boy Toy. But like, a little more like gospel, like the sax and the, the keyboard yeah. or whatever, like mm -hmm. totally. And I'll address the sax when I'm done, but. What's this song like? A New York ripoff specifically yes. is a very good, which you know has a Velvet Underground feel. Like yeah, I did. And this I, has kind of that at times. I um, could totally see that, and I read that on their Bandcamp, and I forgot it because I'm like, oh, I totally mm -hmm. see that. Uh, hey Dina, the most guitar-driven and somber song. I can see. Yeah, is uh, about Bonnie's sister, and uh, not in a particular bad way. It's just about her sister and how great her sister is. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, you should um, write a song about me like that. I did, only it's played with. Uh, <laughs> Um, puppies, flute? no, um, and I can't. I don't have access to puppies anymore. A skinned puppy. I can only play it one. Well, when I'm done. Skinny dying. puppy. Skinny puppy. Yeah. Skanky puppy. <laughs> they had some Nine Inch Nails uh, open for a Skinny Puppy. I think when they were first. I think I. Yeah. He tells that it. story mm -hmm. in DC. Anyway, Universe. Okay. Universe like is very six or seventh song. Yeah. It's a longer be, album. But it works. It goes quick. It's under 40 minutes, but it feels long at times. Okay. Yeah, Universe is very transcendent. Like, you feel like you should literally be...
taking going up to the heavens and there's a lot about we're all one you know um, yes okay I know exactly what song you're talking about because you know where, where I started listening to this when I texted you and I was like I'm 15 minutes in I went for my graveyard walk yeah so I'm listening to this all in a graveyard I mean it's good I was in the woods when uh, the universe came I was like ah. <laughs> it all washes away it has a very late 90s riff that's really mm-hmm. cool 10 day miracle challenge I'm just going to mention here because I mentioned every other fucking song which I originally wasn't going to do but I ended <laughs> up mentioning them all that's kind of light that's like a, an aphorism it's the last maybe like three songs kind of like bled together to me mm-hmm. and her vocal seemed a little louder well not in a bad way mm-hmm. it just was more like yeah. ahead of the music than before like yeah um i'd rather be dreaming is as almost a horror core vibe at times and that's mm-hmm. about an abusive relationship there's actually a video for that okay and it is very if not straight up hardcore the video is kind of modeled in that sense like it was like a movie from the 50s that's cool with just a devil woman mm-hmm. wearing a betty page haircut the final song dream cleaver Okay. Is about doing DMT and talking to aliens or spirits in the afterlife. Is it They're like Dream a Weaver? Mm-hmm. No, it's like, like Death Valley Girls did a piece on Flood Magazine breaking down every song. Mm-hmm. They talk about Dream Cleaver, the last song. It's like, we really got interested in Terrence McKenna and how he believed that DMT actually opens up doors to other dimensions. Mad. And you can talk to like angels in the afterlife. And... We became interested in finding out the answers but without dying. I don't, they're all getting high, maybe. Maybe not, but probably. Um, but yeah, I really like this album. So It's really good. Side one is stronger than side two, I think. I think so, too. Even Universe would be the first song in side two. But yeah, side, side one, I like a lot more. It is they, they have that very vocal in the background and like your organ or whatever. Yeah. Is in the foreground. The the sax the sax kind of wanders in and out. Yeah, it's somewhat atonal at times, but it works, and that's a very hard thing to do because it can. I agree. I think it either ruins it or makes it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of sax, and it it was a crazy amazing album. I really liked it. Yeah, I think I might even buy it on vinyl. Oh, maybe. Maybe if it's still available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They had two limited editions: gold and silver. I bought gold. Silver sold out first. Really. Weird. Because I feel like I chose wrong. Mm, like in Indiana Jones. I chose unwise. It was not a cup of a carpenter, yes. I presume. It was not the, it was not the vinyl record of a carpenter. <laughs> it's made of gold and not wood. Mm. Anyway, go ahead, Jamie. So Continue my ahead. last one is Life Force. Hope and Defiance. They're off of uh, New Age Records. They're out of Texas and Oklahoma. They are Straight Edge, a youth crew. They're, I guess they've been around since 2018. They had a demo and an EP out, and they're a five-piece. I think they referred to themselves as Dark Youth Core, shit you can groove to. Ooh. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and at times, this album almost has this like 90s anarcho-punk lyrical feel, like, feel to me. It's mm-hmm. very political at times. I wouldn't even say very political, very politically socially aware, yeah. as I say. Um, but it's not done in your face, like wagging, like wiggle-waggling a, t- a finger in front of your face. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But it starts off with higher standards and it has like this doomy youth crew start. And it's more or less like be better, like hardcore punk needs something to say. And a lot of it's been just all style, no substance. Pretty cool song. And the one thing I like about with this album too, like I can actually understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Like you can yeah. figure out what he like understand the lyrics. Um, it's time is like rise up, let's stand up for the oppressed. My favorite song on it is Spark of Dissidence. It's very different. The guitar and bass lines are really cool. It's very like anthem-esque, kind of slower. It's more or less like stop cel- stop separating, you know, and just no, come together. I just I you know. It, that's pretty much this yeah. the, the whole societies and whatever's got what all this shit that's going on we're so separated as a country and they're like we have to break them down I, it's just a very different cool yeah. song that still has that hardcore spirit about it um out front's really cool straight edge song um and it's not like drinking stupid it's nothing like that it's more or less like don't let uh don't take a backseat of your life with like mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol um just don't let the booze and pills rule you just you know live your life and whatever um state of control um they have like this little speech clip about the evil of con- government controlling mm. the state and straight up hardcore better stone more hardcore punk youth crew just stop being selfish shitty people yeah. <laughs> milestones just live your life help out there's more to life than just the finish line is one of the lyrics yeah just you yeah. know do your part 
and elevates the last song. The lyrics were like, everyone's yelling, but no one's listening, mm-hmm. which, you know, go on Facebook and yeah. see that. Um, open your ears and your heart. Just like no one has, knows how to communicate anymore. It's like, you don't agree with me. Which a lot of times I feel that way mm-hmm. too. And it's just, we were kind of losing the art of communication to yeah. a point. But anyway, I love this release. I didn't think any of these things would be straight up your alley, but I like for being like a hardcore mm-hmm. punk fan, I really enjoyed everything. This band I really liked. I've been listening to the most. Um, it's more or less like we can all be better. We can all make a difference. Listen to each other. Um... It's just a fun, I don't want to say informative, it's just kind of uplifting, mm-hmm. hardcore album with a lot of stuff to, st- to say. And as I said, it's not being like, do this or you're shitty. It's not like that at all. Um, it's just trying to be positive and just get through this shit yeah. together type of album. And it's fun. It's, like, it's very energetic, um, but there's only so much I can say about like youth crew. Yeah. <laughs> like You, you kind of get what I'm, I'm... I enjoyed it. It was on... Uh... Like YouTube is a single, basically blurb, which makes it kind of hard to yeah. Like tracks they stuff. have it on um, Bandcamp, but it was just one song, so that's why I just sent you the, yeah. the YouTube mm-hmm. uh, link. But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed everything I reviewed this week. Yeah, me too. And I enjoyed everything you reviewed this week. Mary, it was pretty. The enjoyment club. Ah. So what else you been doing? What else you been watching? Oh, I watched a movie. Okay. Called. So Videodrome. Oh, uh, Videodrome. So yeah. <laughs> I rewatched, I should say, Video Drum. I don't think I've seen it since college or maybe even high school. Yeah, me as well. I was scared shitless after watching that. I thought my brain was hijacked by the crazy so, VHS tape. So, yeah, so Video Drum really holds up still. Of course, James Woods and Debbie Harry. Uh, Debbie Harry's so creepy in it. She's creepy. She's a lot better than our. Not remember, but she's probably a lot better than one might expect. She wasn't in it that much, but... But yeah, she's like the masochistic uh, radio psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. That cut me. James Woods Is owns... it Cronenberg that did that? Or... What? Was it Cronenberg? It's a Cronenberg. Yeah. Jamie loaned me uh, is the Debbie Harry book. Did you like way back in January. Not the autobiography, the other one you had. Oh, uh, okay. I put a whole... I stopped reading it because I had read like five music bios in a row yeah. and I needed a break and I started reading again. There's a there's a chapter just on the movies of Deborah Harry, and the, and Cronenberg just talks about like that movie and he's yeah you know like I w- I wouldn't work for nine months out of the year and then in October all these doctors and dentists would realize they made too much money over the year and they were get murdered on taxes unless they like had a tax shelter so he would get all this investment money to make movies oh, really? and to be making my five movies at the same time he said. I would literally be writing them on the set as we were filming because I did not have the time. So, Videodrome still holds up, still creepy. James Woods is, he owns or is like an executive at a a small UHF station. Okay. It's been forever. So, so he owns have, like, it's... I know, remember bits and pieces of like boob, as I said, putting the cigarette out on the boob. Ooh, and... yeah. That's the best part. It makes no sense even in the context of the 80s. But he owns essentially like a low-budget TV station, and they show weird stuff. And he comes across this tape of a program called Videodrome, which is just what some guy getting tortured. Okay. And it's purported to be a hijack signal. And you're right. He meets Debbie Harry, who... Oh, because they go on a... He meets Debbie Harry on a talk show, and then they start, like, fucking. And Debbie, Deborah Harry's all into getting cut and shit and pain. Long story short, it's it's an evil conspiracy. So what did you gather at the end? It's an evil conspiracy? Well, no, like he's, he's insane. He has a brain tumor. So that's the thing that, and by the way, that's but the thing that freaked did the me. brain, did the TV give him the brain tumor? Like I just think, I remember watching it and just being afraid, not even afraid. So, so let me back up so we can just go over this. So if you haven't seen um, Videodrome, the conceit is... Well, read the Wikipedia. <laughs> read the Wikipedia, but now I'm going to have to go real quick. James Woods becomes obsessed with this um, tape, and he eventually goes to seek out Dr. Oblivion, who only talks to people in video cassette form. And he talks about Videodrome, and he's like, and I got a tumor. But I realized the tumor was a new form of life, and it was... Bl- bl- it's purported to be an evil conspiracy by rich people to give poor people brain tumors. And, of course, he gets like a big vagina in his belly that eats VHS tapes and they reprogram him. And it's bizarre for a number of reasons. One, it's like one of the first body horror movies, if not the first. Hmm. No, maybe not the first. I think Alien is like 78. 
79. So it's so Alien is the first body horror movie. It occurred to me this is Videodrome is essentially the Matrix before the internet existed. There's a lot of themes that appear like like the Matrix, but the internet doesn't exist yet. Yeah, that's true. Matter of fact, I had read as trivia that like a lot of the effects or a lot of like the trailer was made using a Commodore 64 computer. Oh, really? Interesting. But it's also funny, and then we can talk about the end. So if you if you take it from take it from the idea that it's a cyberspace movie before cyberspace space existed. Okay. And William Gibson wrote Neuromancer, which is the novel that coined the term cyberspace and hit upon a lot of those themes that have become so prevalent in culture. Uh, William Gibson wrote basically he wrote a whole bunch of books, but he wrote two trilogies. Mm-hmm. So the first one's called the Sprawl Trilogy, which is about hackers mm-hmm. on the East Coast. Some people argue that the Sonic Youth album. We'll mm-hmm. see. If we can. We're gonna hit everyone. We're gonna hit Sonic <laughs> Youth. We hit Iggy Pop. We hit. I could have hit Nick Cave easy when we talked about songwriters. I could have hit Slater Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could have hit everybody. A saxophone, David Bowie. <laughs> anyway, so William Gibson's other big trilogy is called the Bridge Trilogy, and it takes place on the West Coast. In the first book of the Bridge Trilogy, there is a character who belongs to a christian militia sect that worships tv mm. but they consider david cronenberg to be the antichrist because of the movie video oh drama. really and the, the the character who like is part of this was part of the set sect was cast out because he watched the movie video drama he's like it's not that bad it's really <laughs> bizarre anyway so do you think he just was insane so okay this was you know either 18-year-old Jamie to 21-year-old uh-huh. Jamie, probably 18-year-old Jamie. I So when I watched it, I, cons- I had the thought in my head that TV was making, as, and videos were making your brain rot and causing, like, um, almost like the ring, like you watch it and all of a sudden you're, you something signals in your mm-hmm. brain. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it was more or less like TV and video is killing you. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I agree there completely. Um, and, it's, and it kind of is. And it, yeah, it, like it totally made sense where, like, imagine a young you mm-hmm. or me and being like, whoa, that, they're totally I mean, right. Like, it's rotting your brain and giving mm-hmm. you tumors because you're just sitting here watching this yeah. dumb drivel. And it was just... Way ahead of its time for what it was trying yeah. to do or did do. And it's not something I necessarily picked up when I watched it then, but I definitely picked up on it this time. It almost is like, if you think about The Ring, almost. Like, you watch this video and it changes. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. It's still legitimately freaky. After we'll rewatch it, because it did really creep me out in just, like, a weird... Like, I get creeped out in weird ways. Mm -hmm. Like, Donnie Darko, I told you, one thing that just totally creeped me out is when uh, Drew Barrymore is, like, cellar door. Like, how, like... Like, those little things just, Mm -hmm. just creep me out. Or even, like, Melancholia, when she, like guesses the ball like whatever no, like there's some just creepy I'm, things and i'm like oh, I don't like i'm that. like that i'll give you two actually one donnie darko when he's just like i'm sure your son could appreciate this when the <laughs> being frank is like in 21 days seven hours and 43 minutes or whatever it is you will die yeah. that freaks me out one that and it is definitely from from a a tv a tv showrunner who has not aged well in the culture and two shows that did not age well in the culture in Angel, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff, there's a season where they have to find this guy basically to stop the apocalypse. Uh-huh. And he's a character from the first season, doesn't matter. They're like, this guy can tell us when the apocalypse is going to happen. And when they when they rescue him, the big revelation is like, the apocalypse started seven years ago? Um, <laughs> what have you guys been doing? But it's that always kind of freaked me out. But no, they're always like, yeah. Little things like that will freak yeah. me out. In The Watchmen, when they go to stop uh, Ozymandias' plan. I didn't see it, it. it. Did you read The Watchmen years no. ago? So, oh, Jamie. You know I have. I, I thought you would have read just from the comic I book. tried to read it. I couldn't get past the first page. I was like, I might as well read a book. Oh. <laughs> Too much words. <laughs> anyway. Too much words for my brain. Anyway, there's a... I don't even know it's worth the energy. Anyway, so there's a bad guy, basically. I know the gist of Watchmen. So do you know he when he sent a giant 
space squid. Yeah, um, kind of, sort of. Never mind. All right, so we're going to move on. Anyway, so... Um, um, video drum is really good, although it did make me want to watch uh, or rewatch one of my favorite movies, The Thing. I, I just had to take it out. It's one of my favorites. It's really um, good. When I was flirting with topics, I was going to do, I thought about go-to horror movies. Mm-hmm. Do you have a go-to horror movie this time of year? Or um, I always like to try, and I haven't watched it in a while, but back when I was more into Halloween, I don't know, yeah. the older I get, like you would think with a kid, I, I don't know, maybe and it's different now because it's COVID and things, mm-hmm. but what I'd be really into co- uh, COVID, Halloween, it was, um, I like to watch Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is It's always a good one. I always like to watch Halloween. Uh-huh. Um, Friday the 13th, one or two is always good. Mm-hmm. Try to think of, of other ones. The Friday the 13th was playing at the Regal right before they shut down. Yeah. Again. But yeah, Trick or Treat I'd always try to watch because that's just kind of like a, a like almost like a Christmas mm-hmm. movie to Christmas. It's Trick just, or Treat is yeah. one that, yeah, we both got into, I think. One we used to watch, I feel like, on Halloween a lot, Dead Alive. Well, oh, I actually, I have one. One of my favorite American horror movies, mm-hmm. Night of the Demons. I love yes, Night, Night of the Night Demons. Demons. I used to try to watch that every every Halloween. And then another one, and I'm not super into. I was never super into Halloween, but I do like. I used to be more into it than it is. Like I do like horror movies, and this year you like. Well, I can do that to die in a second. This is always a good time of year for horror movies. Yeah. Um, it used to be a great time of year for horror movies at the movies. Yeah. And I'm talking even pre pre COVID, when you could still watch when people still made low budget movies, mm-hmm. which you don't get anymore. Nah. This is the time of year they come out. Hellraiser. Never got into the Hellraiser movies. Hellraiser, well, the first one is is different. I always tell people it's not what you think. The Cenobites, you know, Pendant, all that, yeah. aren't really the villains. It's weird. The main character isn't even in it till like halfway through. It's all about. It's such a different movie. Hmm. Yeah, there's just too much shit. I gotta rewatch. And now there's just too much. And I, I I recently got Hulu. And I think Books of Blood is on there, which I think is a new, but that, that's like based off a of Clive Barker anthology. Well, check. If you're looking for a good, as I said, I, and I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago, uh, Train to Busan or whatever. Yeah. Check that out. That's like a good, quick mm-hmm. zombie movie. Um, I did watch, finish watching Ratchet. I liked it. I talked to a couple people in my class about it, but they didn't watch One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, so they really weren't familiar really with the bat like the story yeah. of nurse ratchet which i haven't watched one flew over the mm-hmm. cuckoo's nights in a long time it's on streaming it's on Netflix. i, I, I have trouble with it i have trouble watching it um i love this my dad's favorite movie yeah. my problem with it and i'm not trying to sound like mrs pc or whatever but like mcmurphy who i thought was like cool is like a fucking rapist and a like child molester because he and i think we've talked about this yeah. prior and he's like like how he acted like because it was more or less he like fucked a 14 year old yeah. or 15 year old and i'm like dude he's like 30 maybe he's 20 in it or something like that but um so that kind of grosses me out because he's like the the main I, good guy mm-hmm. kind of like the anti whatever you call it um anti-hero kind of yeah i i think i, I haven't read the book in like forever i never read i the think book. the book he's because, like, his chief, I think, is the narrator of the book, basically, oh, okay. and he's an unreliable narrator. So a lot of that, at least in the book, is his take on understanding it. of McMurphy and really McMurphy, who is, you're right. So, like, it, it's it's interesting. It's good. Uh, Sarah Paulson, that's her name, right? Yeah. Is a really good ratchet. Or is it Sarah Pauly? No, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Pauly is the other one that you like from. Yeah. Um, that was in, like, Dawn of the Dead yeah. and stuff like that. She's good. She's good as Nurse mm-hmm. Ratchet. There's some interesting stuff about it. I think it's almost... They make her too likable. Yeah. Like, she's definitely, like, fucked up. But, um... I don't know. There's gonna be a second season. Like, Nurse Ratchet in... What I remember from One Flew Through the Cuckoo's Nest is just, like, a straight-up bitch. She's really controlling. And, and, and she's, like, controlling, like, just masochistic, yeah. kind of. And I'm just wondering how they're gonna turn her... They're making her, like... Like, you know how, like, every Marvel movie they make the villain kind of likable? Like, you understand maybe mm-hmm. why they turn to the yeah. bad side. And that's kind of what the, the, the happened to Ratchet. But yeah. I thought it was very entertaining and good. And if you like Sarah Paulson, I think you'll like yeah. it. Um, but it definitely had some good some good stuff to it. Um, I'm interested in the second season. Did you see um, A Good Place Season 4? Is it on Netflix? I finished it, yeah. Is it good? That's the last season, right? It's different. Okay. I think I might watch that next. Is it still like 20 minutes per episode? Kind yeah, of? Okay. so that's a pretty quick one. That's um, what I can handle right now. We can talk about that next time. 
And other than that, the only thing I watched was... So last time we were talking about like sneaking down and watching movies. Yeah. So a movie, it might have been the first B movie I snuck down to watch, is on Amazon, and I'm watching it now, and that is The Stuff. <laughs> you know, a movie, a horror movie about an evil bre- uh, dessert. Yeah. Basically. That's a good movie. Anyway, uh, that, that's next time stuff. Maybe yeah. our spooky Halloween show. Yeah. Be good stuff. With a spooky topic. It's funny because Life Force, remember the movie Life yeah. Force? I think that They're like vampires, aren't they? Space vampires or something. Yeah, like that. it's that's the first movie that scared the shit out of me. I saw boob. My dad was watching it. it had like some boobs, and then yeah. the ch- chick kisses the dude and sucks his life out. And I'm like, uh, like boobies, <laughs> boobies. Uh, the first movie to scare me, Rosemary's Baby. I was way too young. Et scared me. Et scared everybody. <laughs> Like, I had a, when I saw E.T., I had a nightmare that night. And apparently, like it. it's pretty fucking common because he's so creepy. Like, diseased E.T.? Yeah. Well, I told you I was sleeping, and my brother, we, I had this, um, it wasn't a stuffed animal, but like a figure or whatever, mm-hmm. vinyl figuring. And my brother was like, woo, and it would go in the dark, and he would come in my room and go, woo, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start crying. I might have told the story before I'll tell it again since it's about scared, brother scaring you. It might have been after we saw Black Snake Moan. So it was like a Monday night. We had gone to the movies as we went through, you know, a period of yeah. Monday nights. I don't remember. I was in the bathroom. I was probably peeing. And my brother came in and, like, scared me. And I yelled at him so hard and so long I went back and apologized. Who, Patrick or Matthew? Patrick. It's Patrick's birthday in a couple days. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Patrick. Yeah. So that's about it, folks. Yeah, we will uh, hopefully have a topic. <laughs> we'll definitely have a topic this even though I said that last time. Yeah, we'll figure something and, out. And you know, for real, though. And it'll be Halloween, it'll be scary and spooky. We'll see you. All right, bye, everybody. Hold that thought. I'm going to grab my N.A. beer, Athletic yeah. Brewing. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the potty room, I'm making potty. Potty, potty, plop, plop, poop, poop, poop. It comes out my hiney doop. It winks like an eagle, barks like a spider. I'm not good <laughs> at making... Schneider. <laughs>